have with us brother and sister Gibbs and Caleb and J.C. Gibbs all the way from Malawi, Africa. And they are missionaries to Malawi and the Lord is using them to do such an amazing work in Malawi. And they're seeing hundreds, yea, thousands receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Miracles are abounding in that great nation. Amen. Amen. And they're actually from Ohio. They're Buckeyes. Amen. And they have, they, they've come back to the States this week to begin their deputation. And we're honored that they chose to be with us this morning here at Tree of Life Church. We'd like Brother Gibbs to come and greet you this morning. Let's receive him with a warm hand clap. God bless you, Brother Gibbs. Praise the Lord. Feels good to be in the house of the Lord today. Whether it's in Malawi or in Cincinnati, it doesn't matter. Makes it a little sweeter. It's in Ohio. <laughs> it's so good to see Brother and Sister Buller, um, tremendous men and women of God. Uh, we've idolized our entire lives. Brother and Sister Enos, to meet them and see them this morning, heroes of the faith. And your pastor and wife and family, the Urshan family, are tremendous. They've been such exceptional hosts. Thank you so much. Um, we give honor to all of them today. But I thank God for what he's doing around the world, what he's doing in the nation of Malawi. We've seen tremendous revival, as your pastor has said. We've seen in the last nine years over 25,000 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God is pouring out of His Spirit in a tremendous way. But the thing that I love the most is that my God, your God, loves to show up and show out in ways we just don't expect. I love it when he breaks protocol. I love it when he steps in and says, Lazarus, come forth. And we've watched that over the last many years. And just literally three weeks ago, one of our pastors in his early 40s unexpectedly died of diabetes, uh, pastoring a great church in the city of Malangi, which I'm sure you have no idea where that is. <laughs> but he sat underneath the mount, a 10,000-foot mountain. That's where he pastored in a small village. And his life was taken unexpectedly. But during his funeral service, just like Jesus, he showed up in the midst of sorrow, despair, heartache, all of the things you're expecting in a funeral service. The Lord said, I want to do something more. And the Spirit of the Lord began moving in the midst of that funeral service. And before we could finish, 110 people were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And dozens received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Not after the funeral, not days later, in the midst of the funeral. We're serving a God that in the midst of a dead environment, He wants to show up and show out. He wants to let His glory be seen. And the Spirit of the Lord has no bounds and it has no place it can't go. I thank God today for what I feel in this house. That same Spirit that moved on 110 people and said, I'm not ready to stay any longer in the funeral, but lead us to the river. Let's dam it up. Let's be baptized. I want to go where our pastor is going. I thank God for that spirit today that was there and that is here today. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you, sir. Thank you, brother. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't God good? Come on, if you believe he's good, give him a great shout of victorious praise. A great shout of victorious praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're so honored that you're here today. We're going to look into the word of the Lord from the gospel according to Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. A very 
well-known passage of scripture particularly at this time of year Luke chapter 2 beginning with verse 8 the scripture says this there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord and this shall be a sign unto you you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men and I would like this morning by the help of the Lord to preach to you on this subject glory to God in the highest glory to God in the highest could we just lift up our voices unto the Lord and ask his blessing upon the remainder of this service and upon the preaching of his word Lord I thank you for your blessing in this house I thank you for every person that has gathered here and I ask in your name the name that is above every name the name of Jesus Christ that you will minister healing to our brokenness Lord, I pray that you will minister strength to our weakness. I pray, oh God, that you will minister salvation to every lost condition. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that your word will go forth and not return void, but accomplish that whereto it is sent. We give you the praise for this, and we ask all of it. The anointing of your spirit, we ask for it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. And amen. You may be seated. In the name of the Lord. The Bible refers to the glory of the Lord. When it refers to the glory of the Lord, it is not referring to the glory of just any entity claiming to be Lord or any invention of man that has been crafted and called Lord, but it is the glory of the Lord, the one true and living Lord, the Lord of whom I speak today and of whom the scripture speaks is not uh, just any Lord, but he is the Lord of Lords. And we thank God that he is the King of Kings. The glory of the Lord is an interesting concept because this Lord, the God of Israel, the high and the lofty one, the most high, he who is all in all, all together lovely, this Lord, he is different than any 
other divinity, deity, or, or perceived deity, or proposed idea of a de- deity. There are many nations of the earth that for years have crafted their own understanding of who God is and what God is. And they have even created pantheons of gods, suggesting that it was impossible for one God to do all that this one God does. And they create compartmentalized versions of gods. And they try to somehow suggest that it is needful due to the vastness of creation, that it is needful that many and multiple gods be assigned duties and tasks that would be needed to to oversee creation. So they'll have a a water god and a a sun god and a moon god and a a god of nature and a god of this and or that. But but the, the Bible makes it clear that there is one God. There is only one God. He is so great, he does not need anybody to do any of those things for him. He is the Lord, and beside him there is no other. He is self-sufficient. He is self-sustaining. Nobody created him. Nobody uh, somehow originated him. He is self-originating. He has always been. He will always be. He is the beginning. He is the ending. He is the first and he is the last. He is the Lord. Hallelujah. And he is different than the gods of this earth. And I I say gods of this earth, uh, hoping that you can understand that that's what they're called, but that's not really uh, what they are. They are lowercase g-o-d-s. They are not the great supreme one true and living God. They are rulers that have been placed over lives by people who have elected to have some kind of a supreme authority in their life. Be careful what God you worship. Be careful what God you serve. Hallelujah. There's only one God to worship. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in us all. And, and so the, one of the great distinctions between the Lord of which I speak and the Lord that, that other people seek to serve, one of the great distinctions is that he is an invisible God. He is not, uh, he's not an idol. He's not a statue. He's not crafted by man's cunning art. He is an invisible God. This is a distinction between he and, as the scriptures would put it, the gods of the people. And I will have you know that he is a jealous God. It makes him jealous when we, his creation, whom he formed from the dust of the ground and breathed into our nostrils the breath of life and we became a living soul. It causes jealousy within him to see that we would worship Gods that cannot save, gods that cannot heal, gods that cannot deliver, gods that cannot set free. It causes jealousy within him. Somebody said, well, if he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, why would he be jealous 
If he has all power in heaven and in earth, why would he be jealous of, of another God? You must understand, he's not envious of another God. He does not envy anything that another God may or may not have. He's jealous over you. He's jealous because he knows you're serving something that cannot bring to you what you desire. He's jealous over your affection, over your devotion. He's jealous because he loves you and wants to see you in relationship with him who is the one true God. Oh, hallelujah. And so he is invisible, and yet, even in his invisibility, we, because of our fallen nature, have trouble perceiving God. Our fallen nature corrupts our minds. Our fallen nature causes us to be spiritually dull and unable to, to, to truly process God in his purity and in his fullness. And so, so we, we cannot even relate to him because of our carnal nature and our fleshly ways. But he who is invisible seeks to make himself available to us. And so the scripture describes moments in which the glory of the Lord would be manifest. And the glory of the Lord is when the invisible becomes visible. There were times when the invisibility of God would become apparent to all who were, were seeking him. For instance, we see in the scriptures that on Mount Sinai there was a cloud. We call it a glory cloud. And the Bible said that the glory of the Lord sat upon Mount Sinai. For seven days it sat there. It was just a cloud that, that sat on top of Mount Sinai. And all could see it. And for six days it was there. On the seventh day, the Lord called out of the cloud unto Moses and brought him up into the mountain. This cloud is a cloud not only that sat upon Mount Sinai, but this cloud was a cloud that was with the children of Israel. By day, the Bible said, the Lord followed them like a, a pillar of cloud. As a pillar of cloud, he walked with them. Wherever the cloud went, they would go. Because they understood that this is the visible manifestation of an invisible God. Hallelujah. There were times when this invisible God would make himself visible to them. For instance, he allowed a bush to burn but not be consumed. And Moses saw it and ignored it apparently until the Bible said one day he said, Now I will turn aside and see this great sight. I've got to figure out why in the world is this bush burning but not being consumed. This is an amazing sight to me. What you're seeing, Moses, is you're seeing a visible manifestation of an invisible God. You're seeing the glory of the Lord manifest in the form of a bush that is burning but not being consumed. When Moses explained to the children of Israel as their hearts skipped multiple beats and they were terrified beyond explanation because they had arrived at the Red Sea with no seeming plan to go forward. The Egyptian army was behind them, mountains on either side. Not knowing what to do next, they looked to Moses, wondering if he, in his, in his great wisdom, had a plan of what to do now, Moses. 
And Moses simply said, stand still and you will see the salvation of the Lord. The Bible said that a strong east wind came and it drove the waters back, parted the waters, stood them up on a heap. The waters are standing up on a heap and the children of Israel walked through not on soggy ground, not on muddy ground, but walked through on dry ground. Oh, hallelujah. And when they walked through on dry ground, they came up on to the other side. They were so happy to be on to the other side, only to look back and see that Egyptians' armies were coming behind them. It looked like a great plan until they saw that their enemy was taking the same route they were taking. But, oh, God knows what he's doing. He waited until the very last horse of the very last rider connected to the very last chariot came into that dry ground. And when every last enemy of Israel was in one vulnerable position, the Lord collapsed the waters upon the enemies of Israel. And the horse and the rider hath he cast into the sea. What are you seeing there, Moses and the children of Israel? You're seeing the visible manifestation of an invisible God. You're seeing the glory of the Lord. You're seeing the unmistakable power. Hallelujah of a God you may not be able to see with your natural eyes, but he lets glimpses and glimmers of hope and joy come into your life so that you can understand there's more where that came from, that there's a visible connection to an invisible God. He said, don't make unto you any graven image. Don't make a statue for yourself. Don't set that statue up in your house. Don't bow down to any kind of a graven image. Don't make graven images of animals. Don't make graven images of people. Don't make graven images of idols. Don't do it. That's not who's going to save you. The Lord your God is a self-sufficient God. He is the one true and living God of heaven and earth. He doesn't need somebody to come up beside him and try to help him be a better God. He doesn't need somebody to say, I'll be your designation so you can really do what you want to do. Anybody who is employed in the service of the Lord, it is their privilege to be employed in the service of the Lord. We're not here because God needs us. We're here because we need him. Every moment of every day, we need him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I wish I could take you on back to where his glory was made manifest. Where the invisible God made himself visible through miracles, signs, and wonders. Think about those words, if you will. We just speed through them so so quickly as if they have no deeper meaning. Miracles. Hallelujah. Thank God for miracles. Thank God for the God.
God who will make a way where there seems to be no way. Thank God for the God who will step in just when you need him to step in. When every medical professional throws their hands up and every legal professional says, I've done all I can do. I bring to you a God, hallelujah, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, who hung the earth upon nothing and who stretched the north over the empty place, who binds the waters in his garments. He'll give you a miracle. Hallelujah. He'll give you signs. He said to the shepherds, this shall be a sign unto you. Hallelujah. You're going to find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. He gives wonders. Wonders. Where you can't figure out where it came from. You can't figure out where it's going. You don't know how it happened. You can't find the science. You can't find the precedent. You don't know where to look. All you know is God stepped in. And God did what God does. God stepped in. And God moved in a way that only God can move. Miracles. Signs. And wonders. I'm so thankful I get to preach this gospel. I said, I'm thankful I get to preach this gospel. I'm glad I don't have to preach some false doctrine. I'm glad I don't have to preach some heresy. I'm glad I don't have to appease some meaningless tradition. I'm glad I can preach the gospel of Christ because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I wish I could take you on back to when the walls of Jericho fell down flat. The visible manifestation of an invisible God. I wish I could take you on back to when the Lord shut the mouths of the lions in Daniel's lonely den. A visible manifestation of an invisible God. I wish I could take you on back to a mountainside filled with chariots of fire. Elisha saying, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. A visible manifestation of an invisible God. Ah, his glory. His glory. When those walls fall, you're seeing his glory. When that Red Sea parts, you're seeing his glory. When those fiery chariots emerge, you're seeing his glory. Hallelujah. When you see manna fall from heaven, you're seeing his glory. When you see water come up out of a rock, you're seeing his glory. When you see three Hebrew children cast into a fiery furnace and then mysteriously, miraculously, wondrously, there's a fourth man in the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar says, didn't I throw three in? Why then do I see a fourth man in the fire? I'll tell you why you see a fourth man in the fire. Because the invisible is being made visible. The fourth man was always there. There wasn't a time when the fourth man wasn't there but the fire was heated seven times hotter and the hotter it gets the more visible the glory becomes (laughs) 
I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what kind of furnace you're in this morning. I don't know how hot it's getting. I don't know the fiery trial or the depth of your circumstances, but I do know don't be afraid because it's getting cranked up hotter so that you can see the glory of he who is with you. Oh, oh, I, I wish I could take you on back. I wish I could take you on back. Glory to God to when the invisible was made visible. The glory of the mighty God, Elohim, El Shaddai, El Yon, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is our provider. Jehovah Mekadesh, the Lord is our sanctification. Jehovah Rophe, the Lord is our shepherd. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is our healer. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is present. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is our banner. Jehovah Zitkanu, the Lord is our righteousness. I, I, I wish I could take you on back. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. The Bible said that there were that there were 400 years that passed between the prophet Malachi and the prophet John the Baptist. John the Baptist emerged preaching repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you must understand, ladies and gentlemen, that the kingdom of heaven was truly at hand because it wasn't long before he began preaching that there were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Little did these shepherds know, but there was a man by the name of Joseph who had had the angel of the Lord appear to him and say, Joseph, be not afraid. That which is, in, that which is conceived in Mary is of the Holy Ghost. His name shall be called Emmanuel. Hallelujah. Just as the prophet Isaiah said, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. And his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Don't be afraid, Joseph. This is a God-ordained moment in Mary's life. Hallelujah. He, same angel went to Mary and said to Mary, Mary, don't be afraid. Because that which is in you is conceived of the Holy Ghost. And you shall call his name Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I wish I could preach to you a little bit about that name, Jesus. I think I will preach to you a little bit about that name, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know what demons are haunting you. But when we exalt that name, Jesus, every demon has to flee. Listen, I'm going to go further. I don't know what kind of sins you've committed, but when you're baptized in that name, Jesus, every one of those sins are washed away in the blood of the Lamb of God that taken away the sins of the world. Woo! Oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. For there is none other name 
under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Oh, bless his name. And I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter who opposes it, who resists it, who blasphemes it, who denies it, who defies it, and who comes against it. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. His name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Counselor. His name shall be called the Mighty God. His name shall be called the Everlasting Father. His name shall be called the Prince of Peace. My great-grandfather used to have a banner in his church by the Gibbs in New York City that said, Isaiah 9-6. Quote, Jesus is God, unquote. Could you go ahead and throw Isaiah 9-6 up on the screen just, just in case somebody needs to read it again. My grandfather looked at Isaiah 9-6. He was a little boy. All he knew was that banner said, quote, Jesus is God, unquote. And, and he went to school and said, Isaiah 9-6 says Jesus is God. The teacher said, no, it does not. He said, yes, it does. I can quote it. Jesus is God. Isaiah 9, 6. She read it and said, that's not what it's saying. He went back to his dad and said, Dad, you said that Isaiah 9, 6 says Jesus is God. He said, read it again, son. And this time put on the glasses of revelation. For unto us a child is born. That child is Jesus. Unto us a son is given. That son is Jesus. And his name, the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Everlasting Father, the Mighty God, the Prince of peace. I'm not preaching to you about another great teacher in a long succession of great teachers. I'm not preaching to you about another great prophet in a great succession of prophets. I'm preaching to you about the mighty God manifest in the flesh of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, he's worthy to be praised. Yes, he's worthy to be adored. Hallelujah. These shepherds had no idea that an angel had appeared to Joseph or that an angel had appeared to Mary. But here they are keeping watch over their sheep by night. And that angel appears to them and said, don't be afraid. The Bible said that the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Ooh, I, I don't know how long it had been since anybody had seen the glory of the Lord. I, I don't know if they knew anybody in their circles who had ever seen a cloud on top of Mount Sinai. I don't know if they had knowledge of anybody in their family line, recent family line, of anyone who had experienced the glory of the Lord because for 400 years we didn't have record of anybody seeing the glory of the Lord. But on that night, in the fields where the sheep lay, the glory of the Lord, the visible manifestation of an invisible God, 
began to shine round about them. The glory of El Shaddai began to shine round about them. The glory of Elohim began to shine round about them. The glory of the heavenly God began to shine round about them on earth. And the angel said, don't be afraid. Hallelujah. You know, that every time the angel of the Lord appeared to people, he had to, he had to preface what he was going to say with that statement. Don't be afraid. If you, if you wake up in the middle of the night tonight and you see some 10-foot something or other shining through your room, you might need him to say that too. Don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy. I need these to be good tidings and I need that great joy right about now. Because our flesh is terrified of the heavenly. Our flesh is terrified of the glory. But if you'll surrender your flesh and release yourself to experience the glory, I'm going to tell you what, it'll not only take away the fear of the glory, it'll take every fear you've ever had away from you. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. And the angel of the Lord said, don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy. For unto you this day in the city of David is born the Savior, which is Christ the Lord, which is Messiah Jehovah. Hallelujah. And when the angel said this, he said, the sign shall be that you'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And, and, and when he said this, the Bible said that a multitude of the heavenly host appeared. So they're talking to an angel. They're like cowering. The angel says, don't be afraid. There's a great light shining round about them. The angel says, don't be afraid. In the city of David is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It's the long-awaited Messiah who was foretold of the prophets of the Old Testament. And don't be afraid. He's in Bethlehem. You'll find him in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And, and as they say that, all of a sudden, the whole sky is filled with a heavenly house they were always there but they couldn't see it until they had received a revelation that Jesus is Christ once they received a revelation that Jesus is Christ then they saw all the host that was surrounding them and when they saw all the heavenly host surrounding them the heavenly host said glory they didn't sing it they said it, glory to God in the highest. Ah, oh, my, my. Did you hear what he said? He said, glory to God in the highest. Now, 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 we've seen his glory when he parted the Red Sea. We saw his glory when he appeared in the burning bush. We saw the visible manifestation of an invisible God when the walls fell down flat. We saw his glory, the visible manifestation of an invisible God when Daniel's lions had their mouths shut. When the three Hebrew children came up out of the fiery furnace, we saw his glory, but you've never seen his glory like you're about to see his glory he said this is the glory of God in the 
highest. Anything you've seen up to this point does not compare. The Red Sea does not compare. The walls of Jericho, it does not compare. The sun being placed in the heavens, it does not compare. Oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. Because my Bible tells me, ladies and gentlemen, that Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple in the year King Uzziah died. And Isaiah saw the seraphims having six wings, two wings they used to fly, two wings they used to cover their feet, and two wings they used to cover their face. The reason they had to cover their face was because the glory of the Lord was something they could not look upon. They could not look upon his glory. His glory was too glorious. His holiness was too holy. His might was too mighty. His wonder was too wonderful. They had to cover their face. They could not look upon the glory of the Lord. And finally, one of the angels in Isaiah chapter 6 can't take it anymore. And he looks at one of the other angels and said, Holy! Holy! Holy is the Lord! The whole earth is full of His glory! The whole earth is full of his glory. The whole earth, the angel said, is full of visible manifestations of an invisible God. This is why the apostle Paul said there is a terrestrial glory and there is a celestial glory. And he said there is even a glory of the fish and of the fowls. They are all glorious in their way. They're not glorious by themselves. They bring glory to the Lord who created Even you and I bring glory to the Lord who created us. That's why the Bible said, give glory due unto his name. Give glory to the Lord. I've often wondered how I don't even have glory to give. How do I give glory unto the Lord? What it's telling you to do is to be a visible manifestation of an invisible God's power. Be, hallelujah, the example of what God can do. People need to be able to look upon your life and see in your life the glory of the Lord. They need to say, nobody can have peace like that unless there's a God in heaven giving them peace like that that's how you give glory to the Lord that is due unto his name the whole earth is full of his glory Psalm 19 said the heavens declare the glory the sun declares his glory the moon declares his glory the fowls that fly declare his glory the fish that swim declare his glory the beasts of the field that roam the earth declare his glory the trees declare his glory we declare his glory the anatomy of our body declares his glory that's why you don't need to change the anatomy of your body trying to become something you weren't created to be because as God created you You declare the glory of the Lord. (laughs) 
But the angel said, you've never seen glory like you're about to see. The sun cannot declare as glorious a message as what you're about to experience. The moon cannot show forth the kind of glory you're about to see. The trees and the plants and the mountains and the hills and the valleys and the plains. Nobody can shout it like you're about to see it declared. Glory to God in the highest. What does it look like? This is what it looks like. On earth, peace. Good will toward men. Let me tell you, the greatest of God's glory occurred when God was manifest in the flesh. I, I, I don't know if we, if we really are giving him the praise that he's worthy of. That word manifest means appeared. God appeared in the flesh. And it was all of God. It wasn't a little bit of God. It wasn't a third of God. It wasn't God's second person. It wasn't an eternal son. It was God. It was all of God. Every ounce of God. How do I know? Because the scripture teaches us. For in Jesus dwells all the fullness. All the fullness. All the fullness. All the fullness. Every ounce of the fullness. Every bit of the fullness. In Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I, I refuse, I refuse to let tradition, religious tradition, tell me that my God, my heavenly Father, in order to save me, decided to delegate somebody else to do the job. No, he loves me more than that. He said, I'm going to appear in the flesh. I'm going to be manifest in the flesh. I'm coming down into the womb of a virgin. I'm going to be made of a woman, made under the law, and I'm going to be the only begotten Son of God. I know when he created the sun, that was great glory, but there's no higher glory. There's no higher glory than God being in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. I know when you look out into the starry night sky and you see this magnificent display of celestial beings, it makes you realize the vastness of the glory of God. But you've never seen glory. Like when he who is above all 
He, he could have abandoned this creation and consumed it with a ball of fire and said, I forget everything I did. I'll move on to something else. But that's not what he did. He wrapped himself. He wrapped himself with the nerve endings of a man. He wrapped himself, hallelujah, with the body of a man's death. He wrapped himself into the physical limitations of a man. He wrapped himself into the flesh of a human being and he came down into our battlefield a battlefield we created for ourselves, and we were going to have to get ourselves out of it but God said I'll do it for you holy 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 is the Lord. The whole earth is full of His glory. Oh, come. Let us adore Him. Oh, come. Let us adore Him. Oh, come. Oh, come. Oh, come. Let us adore Him. Hallelujah. The scripture said, for the Lord himself shall ascend from heaven with a shout. He doesn't send somebody else to do it. The Lord himself overtook sin. The Lord himself overcame temptation. The Lord himself, hallelujah, made a show of death openly. The Lord himself triumphed over every principality. The Lord himself was victorious over every power. The Lord did it, not another. The Lord, he said, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no other. I'm going to tell you something, and then I'm done. Part of your struggle with receiving the love of God is that you think God sent somebody else to die for your sins, and he didn't. He came himself to die for your sins. I want somebody to lift your hands and receive the love of God right now. And praise him for his greatest glory. Praise him for his greatest glory. Come on, praise him for his greatest glory. Come on, stand with me right now and let the glory of the Lord fill this house. Let the glory of the Lord fill this house. Let the glory of the Lord fill this house. Come on, let the glory of the Lord fill this house. Can you give a visible praise to an invisible God right now? Come on, give a visible praise. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld 
His glory. He's not just a cloud. He's not a vapor. He's not, he's not some kind of a mysterious burning smoke. But he walked this earth in flesh and blood. He was tempted at all points as you are tempted. But he is without sin. He died your death. He suffered your penalty. And he overcame death, hell, and the grave on your behalf. My God, I feel your presence, Lord. My God, I feel your presence, Lord. My God, I feel your presence, Lord. I, I, I don't even know what to say. The Bible said there was a time when the glory cloud became so thick that the priests could not stand to minister. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm at a loss right now. And somebody needs to just come down here and praise him from your heart. Somebody, if you want to repent, come down right now and repent of your sins. If you want to come down and magnify Him with uplifted hands and an uplifted voice, come on and praise Him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you need the Holy Ghost, come on right now. God wants to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Oh, God. Oh, God. Come on, that's it, that's it. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. The invisible God is in this place. His glory is filling this house. His glory is filling this house. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody else needs to come right now. Somebody else needs to come. You've been feeling it. Don't wait. Don't wait. Come on. That's it. God has something for you right now. God has something for you right now. Come on. That's it. God bless you. Glory in the highest. Glory in the highest. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. If 
you need God to do something visible in your life, I want you to come pour your heart out to him right now. Tell him, God, I need a visible manifestation. I need a visible manifestation. something right now. Lift up your hands and receive what the Lord is doing. Come on, lift up your hands, lift up your heart and receive what the Lord is doing right now.
If you need a touch right now, if you need a touch, I don't want you to come to church and leave the same way you came. You need God to move in your life. I want you just to lift up your hands right now. If you need God to move in your life right now, come on, lift up your hands unto the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lift them up. Now I want you to begin to express your faith in God. Tell Him, say, Lord, I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe you love me. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe your blood makes the difference. I believe your blood washes away every sin. Lord, I believe your blood will fight for me. I believe you will go before me and fight this battle. Come on, I want you right now all across this building to put it into the hands of God. Whatever you're facing, put it into the hands of God. And tell him, Lord God, I believe in your mighty power. I believe in your mighty power. I trust in your mighty power to do a work on my behalf that I cannot do myself. Come on, God's going to show up visibly in your world. He's going to show up visibly in your life. Oh, Come on, go ahead and lay it all out there right now. Lay it all out there. I need you, Jesus. I need you to do a work in my heart. I need you to do a work in my marriage. I need you to do a work in my family. I need you to do a work in my job. Lord, I need you to do a work in my body, in my mind. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's it. Give it to God right now. Give it to God right now. Give it to God right now. Let your presence flow Let me feel the sky That's our praise rings out Send your glory in Come and have your way Come and have your way Let your love rush in 